like we didn't have to go through any of the birthing. So like there's a lot of things happening internally for our spouses because they had this creature girl creature <laughs> savage. Uh, they look over and catch you catching some Z's and all of a sudden it becomes, you know, a problem. Like, listen, I know you're up during the night. I can't do anything to help you here. I don't have breasts with milk in them to work this. If you want to pump, then I can definitely participate. But if this is something that you're wanting to do, then I think the best course of action is for me to get that sleep. No, 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 abort. Don't do that. Do not do that. Do you think they would rather you just be up with them and be miserable? 100%. 100%. The Real Dad Podcast. Welcome to the Real Dad Podcast. You're joined by your favorite dads. I'm Dave. I'm Mark. I'm Joey. And I'm Brian. Welcome to another episode. And if I have any suggestions for you, it is uh, to keep your podcast as an audio-only podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother bringing it to video. That's true. Um, I started the day off with an Instagram post about <laughs> investing time into the things that you love. Yep, and, yep, yep. and it might not be a smart business decision, but it, it, it's a good life decision. I don't know if that's raining true right now for I think what it's morphed into is that investing time into the things you love may not make you love them anymore. <laughs> yep. And so, you can never oh, count on technology. Messing with my mic here already. I'm fucking things up. Oh, there. Uh, oh that feels Dave, good. you weren't going to swear either. My goodness, you I'm are sorry. all over the map. I'm doing a rough start. <laughs> Anywho's, we're here, and we have a camera now. And we're live, so, uh, well, we're not live, but we are live, but, like, you're not going to be able to watch this live. All right, all right, all right. All right. Okay, <laughs> anywho. Um, so our good friend, Mike Holmes Jr. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I say good friend loosely, like, we, we've worked with him on some shows, but uh, he posted recently on Instagram that him and Lisa are expecting a baby. Oh, yeah, and this amazing. is their first little baby. Very so nice. I thought we should dedicate an entire episode to Mike Holmes Jr. Oh, very ah. nice. Very nice. On what to expect when you're expecting. Exactly. Oh, the my. dad tips. Dad version. There's there's movies about what to expect when you're expecting. There's books. But uh, let's give the real dad opinion on what to expect when you're expecting. I respect that. I respect that. We've all had babies. Brian, yep. uh, you have the youngest currently. Yeah. And you are in the trenches. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like you've got that fresh take for us on what to expect through that phase. I, I think it's still there. It uh, It is amazing how much you forget and how much it kind of like just oh, yeah. f that crazy aspect of life fizzles out a little. Yeah. Really? Because it feels like it's traumatizing. So I don't know how quick that goes away. But uh, yeah, it's pure survival mode for a long time. It is. That's my number one tip is like, just know that you're in survival mode. And, uh, you know, you got to throw a lot of your expectations out the window. Right. Yeah. And I think from like the, the movies and the stuff when they talk about what to expect when you're expecting, and we've even done past episodes on our birth stories, not our personal, but like all of our kids, we've shared the stories of how that went. And like you said, the trauma of being in the room <laughs> of how everything went along and how nothing went the way that you expected it to go. Mm -hmm. I know my, my wife is somebody who is very like, she likes to plan as much out as possible. And I don't think I, any one of our three pregnancies went the way that she was expecting or went the way that they were planned to go. Right. 
So I think one of my pieces of advice is to be flexible, understand yeah. that there is an aspect of this that you can't control and it's completely out of your control. So being able to trust the advice of the people that are around you and the people that are educated and have been through many, many births to lean into their expertise to be able to walk you through that process. But even within that circle, like everybody does things differently. So right. you're going to find out, figure out your own way to parent and it's going to differ from my parenting style probably different differs from yours. So. Yeah. I always say like the best piece of parenting advice that I could give to a new parent is to not take parenting advice from anybody because <laughs> no two circumstances are the same. No two children are the same. The only thing that you need to know is that everything is so temporary when you're a new parent. Like, yeah. especially that first year, you're going to blink. They're going to be eating solids. Then you're going to blink again and they're going to be walking. And then all of a sudden you want to, you know, tape your eyes open because you're afraid that you're missing everything, even yeah. though that it's probably easy for you to fall asleep with your eyes taped open See, because you're exhausted and i kind of disagree with you in the fact that you're saying don't take parenting advice i think it's important to have your circle to take parenting advice from i think there is like there is a lot of information out there whether it's dad podcasts um whether it's your neighbor your mother-in-law there's a lot of different opinions mm -hmm. and narrowing in on the opinions that matter to you or the advice that you're wanting to take. So for example, my wife has two older sisters. So she learned a lot from her older sisters and their pregnancies and what they went through. Right. And that was very helpful for her, uh, especially on the lines of like sleep training. Mm -hmm. So we saw different methods because Joey's family is stupidly large. <laughs> There's <laughs> many grandchildren before we got to our kids. So we got to see so many different types of parenting, of sleep training, and we got to see what worked, what didn't work. And obviously that's parent to parent. And some parents might have, the ones that we thought it didn't work, they might have thought it worked. Right. And right. vice versa, right? But we saw we got to kind of analyze it all and come up with a plan for ourselves and be able to like solicit the advice of the people that we wanted to, if that makes sense. 100%. And I would almost call it more... Be careful whose advice you take. What's careful? Careful. Careful. I'm just trying to announce it. I haven't had a damn thing to drink. Either. But it's more about being careful. Got careful? It. I don't careful. even know how to it's say like that word. It's like careful and careful mixed together. Okay. I'm just going to abandon it. Uh, be selective with uh, whose advice you listen to and just being mindful of the fact that there is going to be differing opinions depending on who you talk to, right? You're yeah. going to get a bunch of different sets of rules of different ways that people decided to raise their child. That doesn't mean you have to follow their steps. And to your point, Dave, it doesn't mean that if you follow the exact same steps, it's going to work the same with your baby exactly. anyways, right? Right. But at the same time, I think you need to have that community for support so that you can have somebody to lean on. Because as we all know, when you're in those trenches, there's times when you're definitely not thinking straight. So <laughs> yeah. being able to lean on different people to be like, okay, listen, we're drowning here. This is why. Do you have anything for me? Right. <laughs> yeah. One thing that we're struggling with right now, we're kind of like um, our son is 15-ish months um, and he's biting, but he only bites his sister. <laughs> okay. 
You laugh. It's targeted. I do. She had it's, it coming probably. It's a thing, though. <laughs> it's weird. It's a really weird thing because you like my initial reaction, and maybe this is just like the 80s baby in me, is like, I want to bite them back. Yeah. Show them what it feels like. 100%. But I apparently mean, that's no good. That's like you get, you get a slap on the wrist. But now. who says it's no good? Everybody. All the books. <laughs> Every book. Never read books. I, I mean, don't read a single book. I don't read a single book. But my wife is like, no, 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 no. That for sure, you cannot bite them and teach them that that behavior is bad by biting them and showing them that that behavior hurts. Right. Right. And that like, to your point, like being on the same page as your partner is something that's really important. Maybe yeah, the most so, important. Right. <laughs> because like you're saying, like your wife is saying, don't do this. And if that's something that you disagreed with before having kids, you should definitely have that conversation. Right. Because now when you're in the trenches, I can speak volumes to this that. Yeah the ability to come up with a coherent thought and to be patient and graceful with your spouse goes out the window in yep. those first few weeks 100%. because you're now sleep deprived your whole life, your whole world has changed mm -hmm. and you're now trying to work through things. Like you need to get that shit sorted out before you get into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Cause once you're in it, it's very difficult to see through that parenting fog. <laughs> and it is very, very real. <laughs> parenting fog. It's yeah. a sleep fog. It's an every single thing fog. Absolutely. Speaking of getting on the same page with your spouse, though, uh, especially for the first child, I know for me, it took me a while to figure out my place in like the order of things. Yeah. Mm. So like I would say that's a big um, tip, I would say, to a new dad is figuring out what works for you guys and finding your place in the routines and yep. whatnot. Mm -hmm. Cause I felt lost at the beginning I was like, because yeah. the baby is so relies so much on the mom. Right. That it's like, where do I fit in here? What mm -hmm. do I do? Especially in the nights where she's feeding, like Maddie has, my wife has fed, um, exclusively, uh, the, the babies. So, during the nights, it's like, unless the night is going horribly, right? <laughs> then I'm not really, I don't really have a spot there. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to get some sleep <laughs> so that I can support her, like, when we wake up in the morning. Yes. It's definitely something like a struggle, um, trying to find that support and level of support, especially in those moments, because during the first, like, three moments, like, three months, you have all that, like, chaos and for us nothing's really happened like obviously we have a new life that we are responsible for but like we didn't have to go through any of the birthing so like from a biological standpoint there's a lot of things happening happening internally for you know our spouses because they've had this creature grow creature <laughs> savage <laughs> um, but they had this little human growing inside of them then like all of a sudden it's not there anymore yeah. so their hormones are going to be all over the place and then you add add in uh, sleep deprivation on top of that and then it's just a matter of like they look over and catch you catching some z's and all of a sudden it becomes you know a problem for you yeah <laughs> and that's a, like that's a great conversation to have but are people having those conversations i mean we're having it right now <laughs> but with your spouse of yeah. The, yeah, that, yeah. that standpoint of like listen i know you're up during the night I can't do anything to help you here. I don't have breasts with milk in them to work this. If you want to pump, if you want to do um, formula, then I can definitely participate. But if this is something that you're wanting to do, 
then I think the best course of action is for me to get that sleep. No, so no, no, I no, can no, be abort. Don't do that. Say. Do not do that. Yeah. Do you do think that. they would rather you just be up with them and be miserable? 100%. 100%. They want the company. I mean, we could ask them, but True. I think that they would want the company, even if you're not saying anything, it's just that sense of support in that moment because they're going to be in that moment. They're going to be exhausted. There's a little bit of like resentment there. Right. And if you're like the baby they, is fussing and you're not there for them. And I'm not going to say like take it out on us. But like if you're not there to be like just have that moment of like you're doing great or like or like did you want me to get you some water? Just just that moment of support. Gotcha. Yeah. That's where I think it yeah. could it could go a long, long, long way, even I though you're that's tired. Because like. It depends for us anyway. It has depended on how bad the night's going. Like if it's a shit show, then yeah, we're just passing the kid back and forth trying to catch like half an hour of sleep. Mm -hmm. But uh, if it's just like the standard, like she gets up and feeds the baby, it is a good idea. Like you're saying, just wake up with her for a second yeah. and be like, can I get you anything? Yeah. Did you want anything? Check in all that stuff, and yeah. then go back to sleep. And I think like that plays into an interesting like how you're dealing with the fussiness of the baby. Mm -hmm. Is it uh, a demand feeding situation where the baby's upset so that you're then feeding them to get them to right. calm down? Or just a, or a is change. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think as a dad, understanding the differences in a baby, something that I found amazing was understanding the differences in their cries. It's, yeah. it's something that like you people say and you're like, oh really? But then when you can hear it, like it really resonates in you in a different way where sometimes feeding the baby is the worst thing in that situation. If their tummy's upset, if things yeah. aren't flowing well and you're just pumping more food into that and it's just going to make them more and more fussy, mm -hmm. maybe it's that they need something else. They need to burp. They need to fart. They need to get some of that gas moving and get it out. Where dad can step in. Exactly. Yeah. And those yeah. are the aspects that we can step in as a dad, right? Mm -hmm. You can jump into that where now it's, it's not necessarily on the mom because it isn't this direct feeding application. It's I can jump in. I can soothe the baby. I can move its legs around. Like I remember pushing their knees up into their chest yeah. and moving things around to try yeah. to get that gas moving out of them and trying to work through that fussiness. So I think throughout that aspect of the night, obviously you're in bed for what, like eight to 10 hours, depending on how long that night is. And that baby's waking up multiple times throughout there. So understanding as the dad, which aspects of that night that you can maybe jump in to help out with. What about the connection with the baby? Cause I know like, a mom has like, well, not necessarily always, but most of the time a mom has a, a strong connection with the child right away because they've been carrying them for nine months in most cases or 10 months. Uh, but what about you guys? How long did it take for you to feel like a strong connection to, to your child? It's interesting especially? again, because ha me having a big family and then us having a pretty tight community that we were part of being, yeah. seeing other dads in action a lot before I had my own. Mm -hmm. And I'd heard that a lot of like struggling to connect with an infant because yeah. there isn't as much of a connection. And I was like, Oh, well, we'll see. And that is definitely something that was there for me where I didn't feel connected to our kids right after they were born. For mm -hmm. me, it was the stage when they could make eye contact and react Yeah, because mm -hmm. now I can interact with this being and I can see that it sees 
sees me and is reacting back mm. where mom, I think has, especially if they are breastfeeding, they have that moment of connection that yeah. way where as a dad, you can hold them and stuff, but they're looking around. They're not <laughs> yeah. interacting with you where it was that interaction for me that said, okay, now you know I'm here. So let's start to build this relationship. Yeah. Mine was the first, I, I think it was like the three month mark to be honest. Cause that was one of my biggest fears was, um, with our firstborn that I was like not going to love this thing. Um, now it's completely different, but she, it was this weird kind of like sense of like not being there or like too much or too little, or I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I remember around the three month mark was the first time that she like made eye contact at me and then smiled. And I was like, I like, there it is. And you, yeah. and you just kind of like, like it like filled your cup. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like before that it was like, and again, I'm a chronic overthinker and all that stuff. So that could have played on it as well. But for me, it was like, I would hold the baby, no problem, but I was just doing it basically as a favor right. for my wife to either get her a break or something. And, yeah. and I didn't really feel like that, like, like connection, but then my wife had to go back really early on because we we needed the money and stuff. So she went back after three months. So right. I had no choice but to step up and, and like obviously build that bond and that relationship. And because of that, I think like my daughter and I have a very strong relationship mm -hmm. now because yeah. we were able to like, I, I was very much involved. Um, my wife worked evenings and then um, I stepped in and basically was doing, was doing all of the nighttime stuff until my wife got home. Yeah. And for me, I think, I don't know, it, and I, I love getting the different opinions from everybody because I have that instant connection, yeah, but I, I also would, feel oh like yeah, I have yeah, that. I would, I would have guessed that. I have that instant connection with, like, your kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. like your little boy's looking at me the other day, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I love him so much. <laughs> and, and, like, even our little niece, who's only three months old, like, holding her and just, like, creating that little connection. But, like, with my kids, I found that, like, right away just that moment of like the that birth moment where yeah. like my son it was a bit of a traumatic birth where he wasn't coming out he was a little bit stuck in the passageway and they they tried the vacuum and then the vacuum pops off and there's whoosh, air going everywhere <laughs> oh, they get him out and then you got this baby and i think for me like the fear of losing him in that process and then getting him in your arms and it's just like i was just bawling the whole time like this is my boy like i can't believe this yeah. is happening right now no, but that. that being said i think i had the ability during his pregnancy like during my wife's pregnancy with him to create that connection mm -hmm. with my first and my second where my third child was where that connection lacked a little bit mm -hmm. and i think it was in the busyness of our business yeah. And that's where I noticed things changed a little bit. So during my wife's first two pregnancies, this is where I fucked up. And I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on Stop a past one. cursing. <laughs> Sorry, this is where I messed up. Um, because during those first two pregnancies, I did a 10-week countdown for my wife. Where 10 weeks, I did a flower, a delivery. So she got a batch of flowers with 10 flowers in them, then 9, then 8. And I completely forgot to do that with our third child. So my wife said she didn't bring it up at all until like later in life we had talked about it. Right. And she was like, yeah, I noticed you, you didn't do that. And she's like, every week I kept hoping that maybe it would come. And then I wasn't. And I think the busyness of our business, I wasn't even thinking about that. 
And I, because of that, and I don't know if it's because it's a third either or not. I don't know if you noticed that, but the first two, you're like tracking how big is the baby right now? How much are they growing? Like you're going through like so involved. I remember going mm -hmm. to different like ultrasounds and stuff like that. But then with the third, you're watching the other kids while she's doing things. And it just, it made it harder to make that connection with the third kid versus the first two. Yeah, I would say for me, it got easier. Like it has been, it was way easier to connect to crew, which is our third child, quicker. Gotcha. Um, and I think it's be just because I've learned um, just what loving a child means. Right, having gone I've, through it I've twice. I felt it before. So I just was able to do it so much. Like it was, it just naturally happened so much easier with crew, which I really loved. Nice. I don't know if that was just like a natural progression, but I will say that during the pregnancy, I, I, even with Leo, our first child, I was, I, the anticipation just kills me. So I, I for a lot of it, I just try not to think about it too much. I was just like, <laughs> I mean, it was cool to see the growth and like go through all of that with her. Yeah. But it's just the anticipation was just like, ah, it's kill <laughs> like the final three weeks were like the longest three weeks ever. I just hated that part of it. <laughs> and I think like that's to say like there is no game plan for this. Yeah. Right. Like each one is so different and so unique of their own. And if this is your first, then like my biggest advice to you would be to take the time. Yeah. Take the time to invest into this, to enjoy this, to enjoy each moment. Because the more kids you have, the less ability you have to be able to focus in that time on them, right? Absolutely. So whether it's taking time off work, whether it's being intentional about going to those ultrasounds, yeah. um, I just encourage you to just be there, be involved, get over invested, read mm. the books, do the things, do everything. Just be amazed and, and uh, like appreciate your wife or your partner yeah. and just think how incredible it is that they just have like naturally do all of the things that they do. It's just <laughs> incredible. I, that's the part that blows me away every time. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I like for me, I think you hit the nail on the head, Dave, when you said like, take the time, especially when it's off work. Like I think a lot of our fear as dads can be around the financials, especially going into like having a baby. All you hear is like, oh, they're so kids are expensive. Kids are expensive. So this there's like, th at least for me, there was this huge pressure in the back of my head, which was like, I we need to be like very conscious about spending. We need to be like resourceful. We have to like, you know, focus on where the money is going. And the thought of me taking time off of work, it it was stressful like super yeah. super stressful for me and at the same point in time like I wanted to be there so I would go to the appointments but I would be like I wasn't fully able to yeah. do that yeah and it's something that I regret like I I wasn't until like kind of later on towards uh towards the end that I was more like okay this I'm never gonna get to experience this again so like we booked a 3d ultrasound and I um yeah where I was like I want to be there and I want to do it and I want to feel it and the same thing with our second because again I wasn't there mentally a hundred percent for the first I made like a conscious effort I will figure out a way to make the money make up for the money and all that stuff and honestly kids they're not 
they are expensive, <laughs> but they're not that like you find a way to like make it work. Right. Like, Especially in Canada. That is where we live. We have healthcare. So that initial yeah. steps don't cost the same as say other countries where right. you're paying thousands right. of dollars. Like we do have the ability in the country that we live in to have that covered, which is huge. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that employers are encouraging people to take that time off no. or do you think it's still discouraged? I think it's discouraged, discouraged a big time, especially now with like after like coming out of the pandemic, I think there's a ton of focus on like getting things back to normal and like trying to ramp up production production yeah. that the thought of offering more time off, especially like where the economy is right now is just uh, not at the forefront of people's minds, which like makes me feel super fortunate for what I had. 100%. Because this is like 10 years ago. My boy's 10 years old. Like, Gross. that's a long time ago. <laughs> and my old. employer at the time, like, we were shooting a TV show. Yeah. And yes, he was my brother in law, but I vividly remember him telling me, like, Dave, take this time off. Mm-hmm. Like, you need this time mm-hmm. to be able to connect with your child, to support your wife, and be there. Mm-hmm. And I feel very fortunate to have been in that circumstance to have had the ability to take that time off Mm -hmm. in those moments and that it was encouraged by my employer where I don't think, like you said, like, I don't know if that is the norm, if you're working in an office setting or if, if, especially with the work from home aspect now where it's like, yeah, I didn't know, take the time off. Like you can just like log in from home and still do your work (laughs) from home. And it's like, you don't, no, 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 Like, I'm not going to be able to focus. Yeah. Like, you realize I'm going to be sleep deprived. There's no way I'm going to be able to do a good job at my yeah, job. Right. Like, yeah. Which is interesting because on that point, I would think that that's the employer not doing their job. An employer's job is to make sure their employees are happy, well taken care of, and in a good mindset to be able to focus on the business that they've created, right? Where a lot of employers, I think, get so focused on the business and making sure it's successful and has money coming in. Where like, I, I think it's Gary Vee who talks to that, where he says, no, a CEO is a person, like a people navigator and manager. Like mm-hmm. you're just there to, to, for your employees, essentially. Yeah. Where if you're focused on them, the right thing for your employee in that moment is to take time to be with their family. But if all you're thinking about is numbers and what's going on with your business, then you're not going to be thinking about what that individual needs, which is what your job's supposed to be, in my opinion. And your mm-hmm. partner will feel that. Yeah. Like, they, like, I don't know if it's like one of their senses, but they're able to pick <laughs> up on the fact that you're not there. Like, yeah, it's, right. it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My two thoughts that I was having as far as advice for new dads, one was, and we've touched on this, is to educate yourself in whatever way you can. Yeah. I know that everybody's not a reader, not everybody's a podcast listener, but find a way, even if it's just talking to your community of dads that are around you, Mm -hmm. because the more knowledge you have, even if it's stuff that you're not necessarily going to implement in your family, it's just knowledge. Because when you go into this blind, as we all know, (laughs) like it's incredibly difficult, even if you are well-educated in it. So the more kind of knowledge power you have to in your back pocket to pull from the better i think yep. and the other i think bigger one for dads especially is don't take anything personally especially when it's coming from the mother of your children yeah right. because when they're sleep deprived like we talked about when they're in the trenches stuff's gonna get said yeah. and it is not meant to cut you and it's not meant to bring you down right it's just said out of frustration lack of sleep and not knowing what they're doing at any yeah. given time so not taking that personally being able to look past it so that you can kind of both move forward. 100%. Yeah, understanding that <clears throat> postpartum is real. 
Yeah. And yeah. You, the emotions that your wife is going through, the hormones that are changing all the time. Yeah. It's a real thing. They've experienced like a huge trauma to their body. Yeah. Their yeah. muscles have moved aside to allow this to happen. Their bones have shifted in order yeah. to allow a passageway for this baby to come through. Yeah. Their organs are moving. Exactly. <laughs> like their whole body has been completely fucked with. I swear. Sorry, Mark. Oh my God. But you need to be able to understand what they're going through yes. hormonally and exactly For what you sure. said. Do not take things personally. Have thick skin through that. Give your partner grace to be able to get through those moments and support them however it is. And sometimes that's calling in help yeah. and understanding yeah. that help is a good thing and help can be needed where you're not necessarily the right person to tell your wife that she's going through a hard time mm -hmm. right. or to yeah. tell your wife that she's not quite thinking logically right now. <laughs> yeah, trust me. But bringing in their safe person to comfort them and yep. be able to yeah. be like, I know what you've been through. I'm going, I've gone through that before. You're going to see the other side. We're going to get through this. Yeah. yeah. A practical tip I will have for new dads, uh, because you're going to be changing a lot of diapers. And this is something that I just learned in our third, with our third child. <laughs> and my niece taught it to me. So it's very confusing. I'm full circle. When you're, when you're changing your kid's diaper, slip the new diaper underneath. Are you kidding? Mm, of yeah. course. That's I common sense. That. <laughs> I've never I, done that before. I always just did it on a change pad and like it no, is. No, what no, it no, is. no, 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 no. New you diaper was underneath. Yeah, you gotta slip the clean diaper underneath, clean it up, wrap it up, and then the new diaper's there. Pop, pop, <laughs> wow. See, I'm not a part of this plan. What? I don't want to waste diapers. If some of the poop gets on the new diaper, oh, now no, that no, new diaper. Don't diaper's be cheap gone. with diapers. No, 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 no. Don't be cheap with diapers. Listen, 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 listen. There's no slip it or leakage. The butt goes up. Yeah. The the dirty diaper, you wipe and yeah. then it you tuck underneath. Yep. Put it down, wipe all your stuff. The 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 debris will fall onto the God, dirty it's diaper. It's been a long time since I changed the diaper. Shut, the, <laughs> shut up, Dave. Shut up, Dave. Trying to think back. <laughs> then the dirty diaper, you just wrap it up, and then in the genie it goes, and then new diaper See, is there ready to roll. I've never oh. wasted a diaper from doing that. Okay, so okay. It's a, it's a pretty and if you have a boy, procedure. watch out. There's like the like PPTPs, yeah. which you can put over. We didn't have that. And my son pissed all over the curtains beside us one time when I was changing them. I have a really flying. funny story, but I will share it off camera because <laughs> it's deeply personal. <laughs> I'm not ready for the world to hear it, but remind me later. Okay. Also, be prepared for that first diaper change. Oh, Do yeah. you guys remember the tar poop? Oh, gosh, yeah. The first yeah, poop your baby has is like... Black. It's tar. If you yeah. have ever worked on roofing products or with yeah. roofing yeah. products, it yeah. is sticky and messy. So, yeah. and I will say, enjoy the initial poops. The smell is right. not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's it gets true. worse. It's it true. gets way worse. So much worse. <laughs> I think. I think the last kind of tip there would be to take time for yourself. I know that we've talked a lot about like giving up some time or like yep. kind of going through the poop, if you will, to uh, you need to endure to be a good spouse. But you are not going to be able to take care of other people if you are not filling your own cup. And that is something that took me up until like maybe three weeks, which yeah, is really hard out. to do when your wife is going through it. It's impossible. <laughs> it's right. hard to look after yourself. It's impossible. Yeah. But it could be as simple as like 
waiting until your wife inevitably falls asleep and then you just watch whatever show that yeah. like you know maybe she might not enjoy or reading or doing something like playing a video game or just going for a walk or something along sure. those lines but what i have learned like it's it's vital for your mental health your understanding and you're not going to be as critical on your partner because i find um especially for new parents there's always this like um, responsibility, throwing them back and forth. It's like, well, I do this and I do this. Well, I do all of this and I do all of that instead of like very, like having that open conversation. And then it's like, what can I do to support you in this moment? How yeah, can yeah, I yeah. do those things? And if you're not giving that moment or those moments to yourself first, you're not going to be able to have that clarity to, to put other people um, up front when they might need it the most. Yeah. Very good point. Great point. The one last thing that I would throw into this conversation would be uh, to not necessarily feel like you have to stick to your plan. Right. Um, that mm -hmm. you might come up with a game plan on how you think you're going to handle everything, how you think you're going to sleep train, how you think you're going to schedule feedings, how you're going to feed. Be flexible in that and be willing to adapt to new situations. Yes. Um, because... I know there's been a lot of people in my life who were excited to be able to breastfeed their child when they came yeah. and it just wasn't happening. It wasn't working. And a lot of those women felt a lot of like shame on themselves for not being able to do this, but there, that doesn't have to be the method that you do. And if you're stuck in something, then you're going to beat yourself up mm -hmm. over and over again about that. Yep. But understanding that things change and things have to be flexible and malleable. Yep. So being able to do that with your partner as you walk through these stages of life, um, raising a kid because it doesn't get any easier the older they get. It just <laughs> changes into different problems and different messes. Love so that. you've got to be flexible, I think, all the time. Absolutely. So Michael... This uh, entire episode was just for you. <laughs> I actually, I actually, so he reached out to me on Instagram about something and I had sent him a copy of, of my book, Princess Peony. It's available now on wow, Amazon. Wow, it's a so best-selling so copy. Uh, I did sell, I, I sent him a copy of that, not knowing that they were expecting. Oh. So this was like all before. And then uh, we were talking about other things and I was like, oh, I'll send you some hats or whatever after. And he's like, you know, it's so down to earth. So like such a genuine great person. Guy. And um, yeah. And then next thing you know, like they posted this thing and like, like that they're having the, uh, their first and stuff like that. And, and I was just like over the moon excited. And then he sent me a little note back, like the book is fantastic. Can't wait to read it to the little one and blah, 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 blah. So huge shout out, Mike, if you probably won't be listening to this, but if you do, <laughs> we appreciate you. I mean, we're going to title it the Mike Holmes Jr. episode. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so we're just going to tag the shit out of yeah. him <laughs> until we get him onto the podcast to yep. have a conversation. Yeah, he has to come on. Maybe pre-baby, maybe post-baby. Right. Maybe we hit them right in the middle of the night. We Ooh. do like a two o'clock session oh, yeah. where the baby's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I do have his address. You can show up. We'll be there. Mike's up. Four Let's mics. Go. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing you don't need to change your plans on is what railing you're going to put on your deck. Because oh, Regal Ideas yeah. is the only railing you need for any deck surface you are working with. Love it. They've got everything to solve all of your solutions. You can have glass, you can have pickets, you can change the colors to match your house. You can do anything you want with Regal Ideas. Get Great plug. Uh, the only thing Thank I would you. add to that, okay. and um, not to change the whole okay. tone of everything. Like, 
feel free to change any tone you want. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it was great. Okay. Not your best ad read, but it okay. was okay. All right. <laughs> um, sincerely, wholeheartedly appreciate anyone that is listening to this right now. Um, a lot of time and energy has gone into this for up until this point. It's kind of been like our, a little bit of a passion project for us. Uh, so if you are listening, if you enjoyed, if you could share it, if you could leave a review uh, on Apple Podcasts or just kind of tag a friend or a dad that needs to hear this, you can follow us at uh, The Real Dad Podcast on all the social platforms. It would honestly mean the world to us because this year we're going to be putting a lot more focus into getting these types of conversations out to more people that need to hear them because that ultimately is our goal with this show. And uh, yeah, we're just, I love everybody that listens, but I love you guys a little bit more. And I think the chair switch up is going to be necessary. I don't yeah. know about you guys, but my butt is it's numb. Yeah. It's so numb. maybe yeah. some comfy chairs That's will go a long way. Wayfair, StruckTube, if you want to sponsor. Oh, <laughs> or if somebody's just okay. looking to get rid of some chairs at their house. <laughs> um, We've no, blown most of know. our budget on all this equipment. So <laughs> we can get some nice chairs donated. You know. That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Thanks That's for it. listening, guys. See you later. <laughs> we gotta work on a sign out. <laughs> we were we were doing the maze, the sunshine brightly on your face for a while, but I feel like that's kind of run its gambit, and we gotta. Well, because the sun doesn't shine anymore, especially right. in our dark, dimly lit <laughs> studio. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye bye now. Other. Messing with my mic here already. I'm fucking things up. Oh, there. oh that feels Dave, good. You weren't gonna swear either. My goodness, you I'm are sorry. all over the map. I'm a rough start. <laughs> so during my wife's first two pregnancies, this is where I fucked up, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the Stop past one. Cursing. <laughs> sorry, this is where I messed up. Their organs are moving exactly like their whole body has been completely fucked with. I swear, sorry, Mark. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs>